the path that I have gone on is like how I figured out what I wanted to do was by trying new things out and then figuring out, Oh, I actually don't want to do this. Like this isn't what I thought it was going to be, or it is what I thought it was going to be. And now it's morphing and transitioning into something else. So to really be open to the unexpected. And then what really helped clarify things for me was when I paused and was like, what's my vision here? Like, what's my mission? Like really coming up with like my mission statement of like, my mission is to empower women to embrace their identity and value storytelling. That really acted as a framework for me of decision-making. Hi there, and welcome to the Let's Thrive podcast. My name is Emily Feichels, and I started this page to inspire, educate, and empower any who listen. Like most people, I'm a curious soul and love to chat with my guests on all things health, wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I hope you'll stick around for a time or two. And with that said, let's thrive. Hi there, and welcome back to the Let's Thrive podcast, or welcome again if you always tune in. I appreciate you either way. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, a 19-year-old, albeit I'm almost 20, guys, just two more months or so. And for anyone new around here, I'm just, I wanted to give a little bit of an insight into who I am. Since last week's episode, we've gained a couple hundred (laughs) followers, and I'm just so ecstatic about that, and I just really want you to understand who I am so that you kind of understand who it is you're listening to, and why I ask the questions I do. And it more so aligns perfectly with today's guest as Kat Harris is a prime example of what can happen when you go off the beaten path and embark on your own little journey in life. So as some of you may know, or you may not know, I withdrew from college after one week and came home to find out what really interests me and what I really want to spend my money and my time on in life, but more so how to do that while also making an impact on the world around me. Obviously, as an 18-year-old, I did not know what that meant, and so I've spent the last year figuring that out. Now, some of you may already be thinking, wow, that sounds ideal. I wish I had the luxury of doing that. Keep in mind, at the same time, I was severely sick with a chronic disorder that we would later find out (laughs) after all this, that it was a case of chronic hepatitis C. So it was not just a year of flim flam doing whatever I wanted. It really was a year to figure out my health and figure out my life in the process. And (laughs) if you're really interested in learning more, go back eight episodes to episode 30, I believe, and you'll hear that entire crazy ride of a journey of mine. So, back on track. (laughs) When I first dropped out of college, withdrew more so, that was my first time that I ever strayed off the path of life that I had always planned on taking. And in this time, I then started my Instagram and my blog and then the podcast. And then I started making these insane connections with people and places and things that I just never imagined happening in my life. And they happened in one year. And it just went to show me that... I was on the new right path, if that makes any sense, because in my eyes, if I tried this new path and things started, or in lack of better terms, started to go bad, then maybe it was time to regroup, but instead things just kind of kept getting better and better. And in this time, you know, I did work on limiting beliefs and personal development so that I could get the most out of my life and be the most conscious version of me. 
so that I could really be ready for whatever life decided to throw at me. So what I'm saying is that every step I took forward to have this future, this present moment of mine, has been off the beaten path. If I had followed the path that I thought I was supposed to take and that I had imagined myself taking, which was college, career, husband, kids, and then like game over, you know? You just kind of ride out life. And that's just, that's what I saw. That's what I saw around me in my life. And so of course I was going to do that and I would be happy to do that. But I am a bit of a thrill seeker, always trying to push the boundaries. And so look, that's what I did. I I kind of took the hard, not hard, I'd say I took the off the beaten path, like Kat, our guest today, I I took the path less traveled and there's been a lot of bumps and a lot of tears and (laughs) some money lost and some poor choices, but I think everybody has those in life and I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm, I'm content, but I'm always striving to grow and I think this path allows me to always grow, to always change and shift and pivot. So I just, I'm grateful for that. And don't get me wrong, if you are doing the path of your life differently, that doesn't mean it's, you know, better or worse. If you're in college and then you plan on getting a career and getting married and having kids and settling down, that is 100% fine because guess what? If you're happy in whatever, on whatever path you're on right now, then that probably means it's the path for you. That probably means that that's what your soul and your heart wants. I knew that first week in college, I was not supposed to be there. And that's how I then embarked on this new path. And now I feel these feelings on this path, on this journey I'm taking in life. And that's how I know that I'm on the right path, if that makes any sense. So I'm not saying like you have to go out and do crazy things to be a, you know, to pave your own path per se. I'm just saying, be aware of what you truly want and if possible, go for it. I know that's not always the case. I know some of you are in careers or in college or in situations that you can't escape from. And I I apologize. And my heart goes out to you because I can't speak from that as of now. I'm sure someday I'll find myself in one of those situations. And actually, in my actual, actual personal life, I am in a situation like that. And that's something I'll open up about in a while. But it's it's hard. We'll leave it at that. It's hard, but it doesn't have to be all hard. We can find some some good and some ways around it, I guess, if that makes sense. But so all of that aside, sorry if I went a little rambly there. I just got excited. <laughs> it just goes with today's guest so well because as I mentioned before, Kat Harris is, wow, she's a, she's blazing her own path in life. As you'll hear in this episode, she's a dual business entrepreneur based in Brooklyn, New York, and never in her wildest dreams did she imagine that this would be her life. You can find out more about her at The Refined Woman on Instagram. I'll have it linked below as well. And, you know, just to give a brief synopsis of this episode, I mean, I have her start by taking us back to the beginning when she first embarked on this crazy ride of a life and what led her to the present moment of you know, owning two businesses and just being a total boss babe for a better term. And this involved her straying from the usual path. And she explains the path that she had set out for herself in life. And then the moment it all changed, the moment she stepped off of that path and followed the tug in her heart. And 
that led her to learning photography and all these crazy stories where she was working the New York Fashion Week, I think that's what it's called, and working for top photographers as a newbie. And then, you know, 10 years later now, and she has her own photography business. And then how she started her own fashion blog called The Refined Woman, and then how it's evolved into this beautiful space, a podcast, a blog, her Instagram, where women can embrace their inner beauty, identity, and authentic selves through storytelling. And it's beautiful. This episode is a good blend of heavy stuff and light stuff. As I like to put it, it's the yin and the yang. (laughs) You know, there's things that we need to hear and then things that are just kind of a, a fun thought to think about such as how to discern your purpose and identify your vision, working through change and learning to pivot when life throws you those curveballs that we're never expecting. We also touch base on the good old imposter syndrome, relationships, and the work that Kat does to help single women and all women, really, find purpose, understanding, and comfort in themselves as well as in relationships, something I think we all rather want in our lives. Overall, it's a very loaded, very inspiring convo between two podcast hosts. I am one and she is one. And I truly think it's a favor of mine because of that. It's fun to have two interviewers in in one interview. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually listened through it like two times already because it just hit home for me and I, I needed to hear the message over and over again so that I enact these changes on my own life. If you liked it, please share on your Instagram story. You can tag Kat at The Refined Woman. You can tag me at Thrive underscore on life. And let us know your thoughts. Message us. I'm always happy to chit chat and share and all the good stuff. And if you're really feeling like you like this episode or you just, I don't know, love me, you can go on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a rate and review. Or heck, if you subscribe, then it automatically downloads the episode for you each week, which, I mean, that makes life 10 times easier, right? So without further ado, here is Kat. I don't know where the drilling is coming from. I just did a whole interview and I'm like, oh, like, who's drilling? So I'm sorry if the drilling is terrible. I don't know where it's coming from, but welcome to New York. <laughs> That's so okay. I've gotten used the last couple of New York interviews. There's always some weird noise <laughs> coming oh, yeah. in. So like, I don't know. Like I, I like literally went into like every single like closet and bedroom in this apartment and was like, maybe it won't be in here, but I'm like, where is it? Is it like in the walls? Like, I don't know where it's coming from because it's in every crack and crevice of this apartment. So just all over <laughs> everywhere. So we're just going with it. Okay. Well, it is an absolute honor to have you here today. And I'm just, I've been so inspired by your work, especially of late. I've sort of started to fall back into it, especially your podcast. So Mm -hmm. would you mind just giving a little introduction into who you are and then we'll jump right into things. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me and just for reaching out. And I love connecting with other women and um, just, I love that the social media world just connects people like that. Um, so yeah, a little bit about me. My name is Kat Harris. I live in Brooklyn, New York. I run two businesses. I am a photographer. I've been a full-time photographer for 
10 years now, which kind of makes me feel old. I'm like, how did that happen? Um, and then about seven years ago, I started a little side project called The Refined Woman. It was a style blog initially. And now almost seven years later, it has morphed and transitioned into a lot of different things, but is a space where um, I encourage women to embrace their beauty identity and value through storytelling. And currently I do a lot of work with single women. Um, I talk a ton about mental health and work-life balance and just kind of how life unfolds in the in-between and how to make movement in our lives and achieve breakthrough and how to discern like, what's my purpose, you know, like all the, all the very light questions that we, we bring to life. (laughs) You just, you hit on all the good topics. Like, especially I, I I was telling a friend the other day, you're just like the perfect blend of like the heavier topics, like the things that we need to discuss. We don't always want to. And then the fun and light, you know, ones that still, still hold a lot of value to them. Totally. I mean, I love diving to the depths of the ocean. Like let's talk about life and the real things and struggle, but like life is also fun too. Like let's talk about bachelor in paradise and have a dance party and like just not take ourselves so seriously. Like I think sometimes we think life either has to be like super deep. And if I'm not being like totally like authentic, like I'm being fake and I'm just like, life is like good and bad and hard and easy and sad and happy, like all at once. Like, let's just like be balanced about it. (laughs) A hundred percent. So did you always have this, you know, dream passion to become a photographer, to become an entrepreneur and to be discussing all these topics with so many people, so many women, like when, when did that really, you know, start to appear in your life and you thought, oh, wow, I want to do this. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, The answer is no, like this was not always the plan. And I mean, I, I, my plan was to go to college on a full athletic scholarship to a D one school and get married right out of college. Like that was like my goal. That was like the big thing. I never had career aspirations in that sense. Like I just, I was like, I want to play tennis in college, get a scholarship. And then get married and start popping out babies. And my life could not have turned out any more differently. And it's really, I feel like only 2020 hindsight where you're like, wow, thank you God for not giving me what I wanted when I wanted it. Um, but yeah, I was in college. I was, um, an athlete. I played tennis, um, full ride scholarship. And then two and a half years in was kind of my first real big, like life career pivot transition. I was new in my faith and got, was super burnt out with the sport, which was pretty heartbreaking because that was like always the biggest love in my life was playing the sport. Like I lived and breathed and ate and all the blood, sweat, tears was everything tennis. And then I got to college and was like, Oh wow. Like this is like, it wasn't that it was hard and I didn't want to do what was hard. It just, I had a really tough like coaching situation. There was a lot of toxicity in the program I was in. I got really injured and just felt like, you know what, it's time for transition. So I ended up transferring schools, going to a small Christian school. I became a Bible major. And then I was like, well, I'm going to be like 
I'm going to like work for a church when I get married after college and write Bible studies and mentor women. And then I graduated college, single, 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 like no even dates on the horizon, landed a job at a nonprofit in San Diego, lived in an intern house with 50 people and made $7 a day. And honestly, from there, I was like, you know what? Like, God, you just show me because clearly every plan that I have is turning out way differently. So um, I went from nonprofit world, then I landed a job with one of the top photographers in the nation with zero experience, didn't even know how to turn on a camera, worked for him full time for four years, had never been to New York City before I worked for him. And my first trip to New York was shooting New York Fashion Week and, you know, shooting 12 shows a day for a week straight and then being wined and dined by our clients in the evenings and then staying up until 4am editing photos. And I just was like, what is my life? Um, from there, I had no desire to ever start my own business. I felt very loyal to the person I was working for and, um, just was like, I don't want to do my own thing. I'm happy supporting someone else. And then the desire started coming and I eventually started my own business. And then I ended up moving to New York city to pursue editorial photography. And then I, in the meantime, had started this style blog. So all these different things, all these twists and turns of my life and my career, um, happened. And I think the thing that I've like learned through a lot of that is to be open to the unexpected and to be open to possibility. Um, I think, you know, we're in college, we're post-college and we're like, what's my thing? Like, what's the thing I'm going to do for a living? And we put so much pressure on not getting that wrong that we, it's so easy to become uh, paralyzed to any movement when really like the path that I have gone on is like how I figured out what I wanted to do was by trying new things out and then figuring out, Oh, I actually don't want to do this. Like this isn't what I thought it was going to be, or it is what I thought it was going to be. And now it's morphing and transitioning into something else. So to really be open to the unexpected. And then what really helped clarify things for me was when I paused and was like, well, what's my vision here? Like, what's my mission? Like really coming up with like my mission statement of like, my mission is to empower women to embrace their identity and value storytelling, that really acted as a framework for me of decision-making. So then it gave me, it freed me up to be like, all right, whether I'm on set shooting an editorial or I'm hosting a podcast interview or I'm doing a style post on my then fashion blog or now currently like writing the book I'm writing is, does it fall under that framework? And when I look back at my life, what I see consistently is even when I was a tennis player on my tennis team, like my heart was always for women, but I just like, it was, it took shape and form in so many different ways. Um, so now I can clearly kind of see hindsight. Like my heart's always been to be a voice to women, to speak truth, to speak hope and speak encouragement, speak worth. And mainly that's because those are the biggest questions and doubts I had about myself. Like, am I worthy? Am I enough? Like, do I have what it takes? And I think we often preach the biggest message that we need the most. Um, so, yeah. Perfect. I mean, beautiful. There's so much to say from that. I'm going to try to start from my original thought, which was obviously I, I take it. It was not the easiest to just, you know, up and leave everything to one, go to San Diego and then go to New York and be embracing this like new lifestyle. So 
for someone, you know, in the circumstance, maybe they're going to college, maybe they're starting a new job, maybe they're moving across the country or something else entirely. How would you advise that they kind of push past that fear of the unknown and embrace the change? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? Maybe what are some tips that you used to work through that hard transition phase from, you know, the comfortable to the unknown? Yeah, I think one of the first things is to acknowledge that one of the most constant things in our lives for the rest of our lives is change. And I think, I know I really longed for stability, constant continuity, and um, it like change and transition felt really scary to me because I wanted to feel stable and secure. And whether that was like financially, relationally, in my career, um, in the place I lived, whatever it was, like I so wanted to feel like a, a firm foundation. And I remember like clear as day driving up the PCH when I lived in Southern California with one of my best friends. And, you know, we were at the time I was like making $300 a week. I was nannying. I didn't have a car. Like I was just you know, it was just one of those times where she was like, do I go to nursing school or not? And we were like, man, like I thought, you know, we were like all at the ripe age of like 23 at the time. I'm 34 now. And we're like, man, I thought I'd just like be so much more established by now. And she was like, you know, my mentor says like the, the only constant thing in our lives is change. And it like sort of took the wind out of my sails. Cause I was like, no, like I thought the older we got, like the more stable we felt. Um, so I think one is just embracing that like life is full of change. And, um, that doesn't have to be scary. And I think that's where like my inner world can, I can create like stability in an inner world, whether that's like through my faith or like relationship with God or found finding like it, everything outside of me can kind of feel chaotic, but like I can feel grounded on the inside, um, so that I'm not like a tree blowing in the wind. So I think that was like super helpful for me. And then I think just like going off that, like change is constant and two fear has as much power as I choose to give it. And so like, I've struggled with so much fear in my life. Like I feel like I'm constantly like, Oh my gosh, like, I'm going to do this thing. Like when I moved to New York six years ago, I had this like very real fear that I was going to end up homeless. I was like, how am I going to make this? And oh my gosh, what if I just go for broke and I go broke? And like, what if like all these worst case scenarios coming to my head? And um, I think what happens when we let fear take the driver's seat is it paralyzes us. I think fear and shame have an agenda and that's to keep us stuck, small and hidden. And so like, acknowledging, okay, fear is a part of the situation, but it doesn't have to be in the driver's seat. So, okay, like I'm going into the unknown and I don't know how that's going to turn out, but like, it's going to be okay. And even if the worst case scenario happens, like I'm going to be okay. Um, I'm loved, I'm seen, I'm known, I'm understood. Like, and that fear, like, I just think like if the fear is dictating the decisions, like that's, that's a problem. So like, if you're not taking the leap of faith, if you're not, you know, going out of your comfort zone because you're afraid, then I'm like, all right, let's, let's nip that in the butt. Like 
life isn't about the absence of fear. It's about saying like, I see you fear. I see like fear is there just because it's trying to protect us. That's how we feel afraid. Like fear is designed to save us, like to save our lives. Like, oh my gosh, like I feel afraid to cross the street right now because I'm walking into oncoming traffic. Like that's designed to keep me safe. But saying like, all right, I see you fear, but you, um, you're not going to make the decision today because I like, for me, I always want, I always ask myself like, what decision would I make if I was coming from a place of wholeness, worthiness, feeling enough, feeling valued, um, being connected to hope and possibility as opposed to like making the decision out of fear. Cause I think when we come from the place of wholeness, like the world is our oyster. It doesn't mean we'll never be rejected or disappointed or that, you know, sometimes we put ourselves out there and gosh, this has been the total story of like my career and relationships, love life is yeah, you're going to be rejected. You're going to be disappointed. Things aren't going to go your way. Um, but that doesn't have to define me. In fact, it's those moments where I actually learn the most are the moments that I fumble and fall or I'm like, wow, like that business plan wasn't a good idea. Okay. What, what went wrong? How can I avoid that next time? How can I grow? Like fear does not have to be ultimate in our lives. Yeah. That you said that also beautifully. And I know I've gotten to a point where I've kind of almost kind of came to this conclusion of if I can't move past the fear, you know, it's just eating away at me. It's anxiety and it's just kind of taking over is I try mm. to think what other emotion could I put on the situation? You know, can I try to find a bit of excitement or a bit of, you know, curiosity or anything to take my mind away from the fear and just move into a different state of state of being a different view of the opportunity or the situation but I think, yeah, everything you said was spot on and things I've, it's, it's one of those, you know, habits you have to continually reprogram your thinking and continually search, you know, for more beyond the fear until eventually it, it settles in and you don't face it yeah. as much. Absolutely. And I think we also have to be willing to look fear head on. Like, I think sometimes we're like, we don't want to acknowledge it because we're afraid of the power it's going to have. Or I'm like, well, I just need to like, think of it as like, okay, no fear. So, okay, I'm excited. Well, like, let's look at the fear. Let's examine it. Like, I don't, like some people call it like looking at your shadow, like not to like deny that the shadow is there. Like the shadow is there. The fear is there. Like, and let's, look at it like a 3d object. Let's look at it from the different sides. Let's, let's say like, where did that fear come from? Like be curious about it. Like what's underneath that? Cause underneath fear typically are like really, really deep water questions for us. Like, am I loved? Like, am I worthy? Am I enough? And I think we, we can judge the fear or judge the shadow side of ourselves. And, and then just like, push it to the side instead of saying like, okay, like what, what's the fear? Okay. I'm going to start this new business and I'm afraid it's not going to work out. Why am I afraid it's not going to work out? Well, if it doesn't work out, then I like won't, you know, feel like I won't be able to make rent or like I'll be embarrassed. Like people will judge me. Okay. So what, what happens if people judge me? Well, like maybe they'll find out this thing about me that I'm 
already insecure about like that I'm not enough. So I feel like we got to be willing to be curious about the fear and, and not just be like, well, it shouldn't be there. So let's just not talk about it. No, like look at it, be curious about it. Don't judge it. Just look at it, be curious. And, and like typically like kind of how I view it as it's like the fear or the insecurity, the limiting belief, the, the inner dialogue, whatever you want to call that as is, is usually like, it's the lily pad. And uh, oftentimes we like look at the lily pad and we're like, oh, like that's the thing that's scary. But no, actually like the lily pad is the face and like that root goes all the way down to the bottom of the pond. And then it's like in this cold, murky water and there's like mud down there. And then you have to like dig down to the mud and it's cold and lonely down there. And then you have to go all the way down to the root. Like, but that's where the real magic happens. Like that's where the freedom happens is when we're willing to like do that work of like going below the surface. I love that. And that imagery was perfect. I have grown up around ponds all my life and I know exactly like that was just such amazing imagery. I love that. And I'm curious do you think everything we've been discussing about fear and the emotions that come up, do you think those feed into imposter syndrome? You know, I don't know if you've experienced that between the photography and starting your own thing and where you are now, but how do you think those two correlate and how have you overcame it, imposter syndrome or dealt with it, you know, facing it, but moving past it in present day and even your past in divers? Yeah. So I think, you know, imposter syndrome or the fear of being found out, like that's, you know, we're, it's like, I'm afraid that you're going to find the thing out about me. Well, what am I afraid of being found out? Well, it's usually like, uh, I don't really belong here. I mean, I definitely felt that in my tennis career and, you know, I can look back and just have so much compassion on my younger self. Like I 100% belonged there. I worked my whole life for that and I got the scholarship and I have all this evidence that I belonged there. But deep down inside, I didn't feel like I belonged there. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel enough. And so I was constantly afraid that that thing was going to be found out about me when really that only served to keep me small. Like, the reality, like we all, the, the equal playing field is we all have insecurities. Like, and the only way to like get past that imposter syndrome is to be like, hey, I'm feeling insecure today. Like, I'm afraid that you're going to think I'm not enough. I'm afraid that I'm not going to bring enough value to the table on this project. Or I'm afraid that like, even if there was a single guy that I'd be interested in, that I wouldn't be worthy enough for him. Like, I think like the, the, the path to freedom is, is bringing the fear to light, giving it, giving it a name and bringing it to community and then saying, okay, is that true or is it false? Well, a lot of times our circumstances and our feelings like tell us of like paint very vivid stories. Well, my circumstances have told me that I'm not enough, whether it's, I come from a broken home I had a parent that left. I felt abandoned and I tried really, really hard, but I kept feeling unworthy. And so our circumstances have like dictated to prove this thing true to us. And I think regardless of what you believe about God, like there's this aspect of, of 
faith. Like faith is seeing reality and choosing to believe something that's not seeable. So yeah, my reality may have said like, I feel like I don't belong in this room with these people. But what's true is that I am worthy, not because of anything I have done or haven't done or because of my bank account or social media followers. I am worthy. I am enough. I am valuable because I breathe like period end of story. And so I think we have to really, in order to combat that, like remind, like we have to first specifically identify the fear, bring it to light and then three, replace it with truth. And so you asked me like, have I struggled with imposter syndrome every day? Oh my gosh. Like all the time all the time, every day. And so I'm constantly like, all right, what am I like? What is holding me back here? Like, oh my gosh, like what's really true here? Like I'm writing a book right now. I've never written a book before. Like I'm ha- I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. If there's a- any a time in my life where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't think I'm the girl for the job. I don't know if I have what it takes here. Like it is this scenario that I'm currently in. And so, I mean, I've, really tried to position my life where I have community and accountability and people checking in on me and me having the courage to be like, Hey friend, like I'm feeling really insecure about this. And here's why I'm feeling insecure. Can you help me unpack that? Or can you remind me of what's true? And I think we live in such an individualistic society. Uh, We feel like, Oh my gosh, like I only want to be honest about the struggle after I've overcome it. And it becomes a teaching point. Well, like I was struggling with this two weeks ago, but you know, I picked myself up by the bootstraps and now I'm going to teach all these people on Instagram five steps to freedom. Like, no, like you are worthy having people in the mess with you. And I think that's where like real breakthrough can happen is inviting, bringing it to the light and inviting trusted people into the process with you. Yeah. Like you said before, just it's like building a community around you. And I, I don't, I've found personally that if I wait until something's over and, you know, you try to turn it into a teaching lesson or anything of the sort, it always comes back. And then, then you feel kind of odd sharing about it. Cause it's like, wait a minute, I thought you I thought you had resolved that. I thought you had figured that part of your life out. And truth be told, I mean, those things can always come back up. You never know how circumstances are going to go. You never know how things are going to change. So I, I love that. I think it is important to, it's like, put your hands out and let people, you know, hold on to your hands and like walk through it together and just get through it day by day and not try to, I don't know, make that separation of, you know, I'm here and you're all there. And so I love that. I think that's right. And the reality too is, you know, growth isn't about the absence of that thing ever coming back. It's, you know, okay. So I've, I've really dealt with struggling with anxiety attacks in the past. And I did a ton of work. I put my whole life on pause to seek healing and get tools and identify the fears and like bring community into it, get therapy, like do all these things. And then a year and a half later, I was going through a really, really hard time in my life and panic attacks started coming up again. And I felt like, oh my gosh, like, am I a fake? Am I an imposter? I'm struggling again like, am I back at square one? Like, I think we think if the struggle or the temptation comes back where it immediately disqualifies us, like from like speaking on the topic, but really that's the moment where it's like, all right, now I get to put my tools into practice. And so like 
it doesn't mean I'm never going to struggle with anxiety again. It just means like when I do, like it hasn't derailed my life the way it did the first time. And now I know, okay, like I know things to look for or triggers, or now I know like, okay, like it's just time for more healing. And I think healing is also not a linear process. Breakthrough is not a linear process. So like I, the way I I envision like healing and breakthrough and emotional intelligence, personal growth, all those things is like, we go through a period where we like, we see, oh, there's a problem here and I need to break through this. This thing is really holding me back. So we get therapy, we do all the work and then you like live that process of healing for a while. And then it's like an onion. It's like time for a new layer to be peeled back. And that doesn't mean that the other layer didn't happen. It's just now it's time for deeper work. And the lot in life for all of us is that like perfection is not the end goal. It's like, am I committed to the process? And the more we move through our lives, like life is a continual process of like breakthrough, breakdown, like healing. Okay. Like I've had a season where like that new skin that was like really fresh and tender is toughened up. Okay. So now it's time to peel back another layer. Um, so just being open to that process. Cause I think I know for me, like I felt like, Oh my gosh, like the fears back, the insecurities back, like I must've not done any of that work or that work didn't count, but that's actually not the case. Like it's just time for more healing. That's yeah. Perfect. And I think something that you've done beautifully and as you're talking about taking people through the journey and healing over time and peeling back the layers is your dedication and your passion to helping others, especially like women too, in this crazy world of dating and navigating the murky waters of love and relationships. So would you mind speaking on, you know, how, how do you empower and inspire women and just kind of give them support where they need it as they try to navigate the dating world and relationships and, you know, coming to terms with what they really want from love. Yeah. I think the first thing to do, like the first stop on that journey for me was walking through my own doubts and questions and answering those things for myself. What is it that I really want? Like, what is it that I really desire? What do, what is holding me back? And so having, you know, my own breakthrough and then realizing like, oh my gosh, like the more I talked about, wow, I, I feel like really scared of rejection. It was like the more I brought my fears to the light, it was like all these women like were coming out of the woodworks and were like, me too. Oh my gosh, me too. Like, I just didn't know I was allowed to say that. And so I think one of like, my biggest things is just like, we just have to be able to give each other space to remove the mask. Like we're all wondering like these things, like we, we think, Oh my gosh, like that person totally has it together. No, she doesn't. She's we're all insecure. We all have our mess and we're all wondering like, do I have what it takes to get here? So I think first just creating a safe space for like, you have the permission to remove the mask. Like, and first of all, the mask isn't serving you. Like, in fact, it's keeping you in bondage and it's weighing you down and it's keeping you from relationship to yourself, God and others. So like, let's just level the playing field here and say like, we all have our stuff and like, we all want to, we all want to walk towards more freedom in our lives. And so I think, you know, I think specifically the things that I'm 
really passionate about in dating are, you know, kind of addressing these limiting beliefs that I think so many women have. I, and I'm able to spot those limiting beliefs because I had them for a very long time. Like one of my coaches said, like you spot it, you got it. We are only able to see in other people what we have in ourselves. So I believed for a long time, like there's no good guys out there there, all the good ones are taken. Or even if there was a good guy out there, like he just wants to be my friend. And, and deep down, I don't know if I'm worthy of the type of guy that I want and long for. I feel like, you know, all my friends are getting this thing they want and I'm being left behind. Like God is forgetting me. So really kind of identifying what are those like core experiences that I had and realizing like, oh, every single one of those internal conversations that I had was rooted in fear and they weren't serving me and they weren't like serving wholeness or freedom in my life. And so I think that's a huge thing that I aim to do with the women that I mentor and lead and who go through my courses is like, all right, what's the belief? Well, I'm always the friend, never the lover. Well, so if that is my belief, then that's how I show up. So I walk into a room and I expect that all the guys are going to look at me as a friend. Well, I've just created a beautiful little self-fulfilling prophecy. It's, you know, I've put on the glasses with which I view the world. And so everything that does or doesn't happen becomes ammunition for my cause. And so why don't we flip that on its back and say like, why wouldn't a guy look at me like I am beautiful or a catch because I am like, like let's like that, those statements, like we create those realities. Um, so I think a huge part of it is identifying what the beliefs are. And I think because so many of us women have experienced the same things, then we get new into a group and then we're like, yeah, see, she had that same experience. There are no good guys out there. And online dating does suck. Like, who hasn't gotten ghosted here? What, you know, a guy says he wants to be in a relationship and then just wants something casual. Like, and again, I think that's where faith comes into play is like, yeah, those circumstances aren't real. It's not that those haven't happened, but like, I want to believe in more in a more ultimate reality and the reality that says like, hope doesn't put me to shame. Like I am worthy regardless of what happens on my online dating profile app. Like, like, I just think we, as women, we walk into a room expecting to be disappointed. And I'm like, what if we walked into a room expecting to be blown away? Like, why not? Like one of my coaches said to me, like, how good can you stand it? Like I'm the type of person I walk into a room, I immediately see like all the things that could be better. And that really served me for a long time because, you know, as a collegiate athlete, like I was able to pinpoint, like, here are the holes in my game and here's how I need to get better. And so I'm always tweaking. So that has served me really well in a lot of areas, but that's a super exhausting way to, to view myself <laughs> and others of like, man, like I walk into a room and I'm like only looking for the negative things. Well, if you're only looking for negative, that's what you're going to see. But what if we spent just as much time imagining like the breakthrough as we spent imagining how our dreams aren't going to come true? Like, I just think it would like transform the way we showed up in our lives and our love lives. Like now a thing that I say to myself is like, why not me? Why wouldn't that guy like me? And not from a place of arrogance, but from a place of like, I know I'm worthy. 
I know I'm a catch. Like I know I have a lot to offer. So why wouldn't that guy like me? And if he doesn't, then like, great. That just means that God has something better for me. Like it is nothing personal. Um, and so I think, I think that's a huge part of like shift. Like we got to shift those like internal beliefs and narratives that we are so committed to holding on tightly to. I'm like, man, what if we just released that for a second and decided like, no, I am worthy. And I just think it would transform so many things. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of how this relates to my life. And I mean, top example would be the other day I walked in, I was meeting some friends and you know, the one said, Oh, you look so good. My immediate thought was, Oh my gosh, no, I didn't do my hair today. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. It's like, why, why instead wouldn't I say like, thank you. It's a new outfit or thank you. I took a bit more time to get ready than I usually do. And you know, just thank you. Exactly. I received yeah. it. No pre-qualifiers. Like I, exactly. I received it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, that's another thing is that I've heard this multiple times on podcasts. Like we have such a hard time, not everyone, but some of us, a lot of us have such a hard time taking a compliment without like degrading it, you know, just saying thank you or, you know, not always having to say something back. And I, yeah, I think they both tie in so wonderfully and you're I don't, you're so inspiring in this field because I don't think enough people talk about it in this way. And you did mention you have your courses. Are those something like on your website or people can check those out? Where can people find you at for those? Yeah. So, um, just like one thing I wanted to hit in with that, with, um, the compliment thing is, you know, as women, I think, like a challenge that I have is like, what if you just practice saying, thank you. Like we do this thing like, you look so pretty today. No, you, you know, oh, you look so pretty while I did my hair. Or like, we're like always like making excuse or we're saying, oh, you look so pretty. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm not, I'm feeling like puffy eyes today. Like what if you just said thank you and received it? And what if you also practice receiving it without giving something back? Like, is the compliment still receivable if I'm not then being like, Oh, well, I like your shirt too. Like, yes, let's be generous with our compliments. But I think like, what would it be for us as women to learn how to receive just for the sake of receiving? Like, wow. Like I really like, I love you here today. Thank you. Not like, thank you. I just got it done. Or, Oh my gosh, I have such bad split ends right now. Like, let's just practice receiving no qualifiers. Let's just practice that. I think that would be like a really interesting little experiment. Um, and then as far as my course that I have, so I have a course called activate your dating life. I launch it two times a year, um, around October and then February, March. So that is like a, a four module intensive that I have. And I only do it twice a year because the women that go through it, I have like a private Facebook community and I do weekly coaching calls and it's kind of this like, really intense, um, like space where we really unpack the, we unpack the limiting beliefs. We get really clear on what is it that you want, because in order to walk out the present with clarity and vision and strategy, we have to know where we're headed. And then it's super practical. Like how do I online date? What profile picture should I use? Like, how do I meet men in real life? How do I flirt? What are conversation starters? So I think, um, like for me, I'm the type of person I'm like, yeah, the theory is great, but how do I actually implement it? So it's like a very implementable program. Um, yeah. And it's become one of those things that 
the more I launch it, the more excited I get about it. And just, it's so cool to see I'm passionate about it because like I've experienced the breakthrough from the work and I just am so passionate about women knowing their worth and believing in like endless possibility. Like, like why wouldn't it be possible for you to meet an amazing guy in real life? Like let's equip you to get ready for that instead of being like, well, there's no good guys out there and they only view me as friends and blah. And I'm like, well, let's shake that up. Like that's as true as you say it is. And what if the opposite was true? Like, let's try that on because you've been trying on these other conversations for such a long time. Like let's play dress up with like the idea that I'm worthy. Like, let's see what life would look like if you, if we stepped into that. So, um, for, in order for people to find out about that, you can, you know, go on my website, therefinedwoman.com. I'm super active on Instagram, the refined woman. And then I also have a free dating guide called six tips to activating your dating life. Um, just, I want to get free content out there and serve the women in my tribe. So that to get that is bit.ly that's B I T dot L Y slash T R W dating tips. So that is a great way to like get involved in the community um, and just get some action friendly steps. Well, thank you. You are so wise. And so I don't know, you're down to earth. Everything you say is you can implement it into your own life. It's not, over our head, like, oh, that sounds great, but I can never do that. And I just appreciate your time so much. I could talk with you all for hours. So thank <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And I'm just excited for you. And there's so much goodness in the future for you. And it's fun to get to get to meet you and see your face. And yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Wow, that episode was jam-packed. So much to take away from that, so much inspiration, empowerment, education. I, listening through that as I was editing, I was just a little flabbergasted. I mean, I don't know how we covered that many topics and the time just flew. I remember that interview went by very fast, too fast, so we have to get Kat back on. If you'd like to learn more about Kat and the work she's doing and just, I don't know, be a part of that high vibe energy she puts out, go ahead and find her on Instagram. She would love to connect with you, and I would love to connect with you too. So go ahead, if this resonated with you and you liked it, share it on your Instagram stories or just message me. I'm on Instagram at Thrive on Life. I really, or at Thrive underscore on Life. I just really love connecting with you guys. I love hearing your feedback, and I just love being a part of this community that is building around this podcast. So let me know, and as always, you can go on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a rate and review if you enjoyed the show. It just kind of helps me out, you know? I put a lot of work into this, so I really, really appreciate it when you guys show me what I'm doing right, and it helps me when I'm reaching out to guests and sponsors for the show so I can get you guys some good codes to save some money. That's about it for this week, and I will talk to you guys next time. Bye.